Well, good morning. Uh, as we get ready to jump into our sermon time, uh, would you join me for uh, a word of prayer? Loving God, we are so grateful um, for the gift of community and for uh, this gift and this ability to gather together today. God, we're grateful for uh, technology and the ways in which we can um, still be present and still see one another and still hear from one another in the midst of all of um, all that seems to be going on in our world. God, we are grateful for that. Uh, God, we are grateful uh, that your spirit uh, somehow transcends all of the, the things that stand between us uh, right now and unites us together this morning. And so God, as we uh, turn now to open up the scriptures and wrestle with them, we acknowledge that spirit and ask that your spirit would lead us and guide us and shape us and form us uh, into the image of Jesus. We pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, 2020 is over. Hallelujah. And with 2020 being over, so too uh, comes the end of all of its problems. Am I right? Uh, This means that we get like a fresh restart We get a hard reset. All of the problems of 2020 are over, and with 2020, a clean slate, right? No, not so much. (laughs) Unfortunately, uh, that's not how things work. Um, Unfortunately, although we've we've turned a new page, if you will, and started a new chapter, uh, in many ways it feels as though... um, the ink from the previous page has bled through and ha- has begun to shape this new chapter of, of 2021. For many of us, if not most of us, if not for all of us, um, 2020 was a really like heavy year. Um, it was a really difficult year. And I think for many of us, we might even describe it as a dark year. And as we think back on on the year, uh, it may feel as though there was something like a dark cloud that kind of hovered over it. Not that there weren't good things that happened, right? Um, But in the midst of it all, there was kind of this dark cloud that loomed over it. And I think there's plenty of reasons for us to feel that way. Um, uh, In this past year, the latest number I saw was like some 350,000 lives were lost as a result of COVID. Um, and I know like we've been in a year of hearing number after number after number, and so we can forget what that means. Um, but that's 350,000 lives. It's 350,000 um, people that represent stories, that represent moms and dads and sons and daughters and friends and neighbors and sisters and brothers. Um, we have experienced all sorts of economic hardship this year, whether um, that was uh, part of your story leading into this year or not. Um, and uh, we have seen what was like a, a thin facade covering all of the racial injustice in our nation. We've seen that like dismantled in a dramatic way. And so for many of us who, have, um, who may not have been aware of those things are now like deeply aware of those things. And unfortunately, um, a new year doesn't necessarily mean a new start. Um, the darkness that we felt in 2020 um, can continue to linger in, in many ways it feels like is outstaying its welcome, right? So um, what are we to do? What are we to do about this? Particularly, like, what does it mean for us to be the church, um, the community of Christ, 
in the midst of this particular moment that we find ourselves at the end of 2020 and heading into 2021. Um, well, to help us uh, wrestle through that this morning, I want us to turn to the, to the opening words of the Gospel of John. Uh, because over the last while now, um, the words that we find there have brought me uh, a good bit of, uh, I don't know if I can say these words, comfort and hope and clarity in the midst of this particular and peculiar time that we find ourselves in. Um, so John chapter 1, verse 1. Now before we dive in, uh, it might be helpful to recognize that John is a very different type of gospel uh, than the other gospels that we have, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Um, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are what we often refer to as the synoptic gospel, meaning like they give us a, a, a synopsis of Jesus's life, like a, a fairly coherent view of what happened in Jesus's life. And while Matthew, Mark, and Luke all have their own sort of agenda, they come from a similar vantage point on the life of Jesus. But John is a bit different. <laughs> while the other gospels seem more concerned with what happened, John seems to be uh, particularly concerned with why it happened and digging into the, the significance of the events that took place. And so you'll notice that from the very beginning here. So John 1.1, 1, 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. So again, John begins very, very different. Everybody else kind of starts with some concrete sort of details, but John begins with this, this abstract, lofty, sort of like ethereal uh, description of the story, right? Uh, John is like the, the nerdy theologian in the classroom, right? And so John begins with these, this lofty, abstract idea, and he mentions this term, word, now, for the Jewish uh, readers of this, this would have uh, solicited uh, all sorts of imagery about, like, the creative power of God, right? So if you recall the opening words of our scriptures and the opening words of Genesis, we're told that, that God spoke and creation came into being. Like, this is the word of God, the creative power of God. But for the non-Jewish readers of John, um, they might have thought about this term word from uh, Greek philosophy, and in Greek philosophy, this term word uh, alluded to something like reason or logic or the blueprint or the operating system of all that exists. Like the, the thing behind the thing, the core, the, the thing that, that um, makes up the framework, the, the skeleton of everything. This was the word. And John here is saying that this, this word, this creative power of God, this, this blueprint, this foundation, this operating system of God uh, w existed from the very beginning. And it's through this word that anything that has life uh, came from. So anything that is a living, breathing organism, anything that has life has come from this word. And John goes on even further to say that this, um, this word becomes a guiding light to anything that has life meaning it helps it to understand what it means to be fully alive, and in our case, what it means to be fully human. Now, like I said, John's kind of like the, the nerdy theologian, like kind of the obnoxious kid in class that uh, everybody just wants him to be quiet, right? So he's speaking all these abstract, ethereal, lofty ideas, and so if that doesn't, like, you know, uh, suit your fancy, like he gets really concrete here next. So John, after saying all of this, gets real concrete and says, The light shines in the darkness, 
and the darkness did not overcome it. So John here speaks of all these lofty things, the the word, the creative power of God, the blueprint, the operating system of creation itself. It's the source of life and it shines as a guiding light to, to life itself. And then John goes on to say that this word, this creative power, this blueprint, this operating system, this source of light steps into the darkness. Whatever that darkness may be, any sort of uncertainty, any sort of pain, any sort of difficulty, regardless of what the darkness is, John says this light steps into the darkness. And the darkness did not, and dare we say could not and cannot overcome it. Now, if we know where John is headed with the rest of his gospel, we know that John is talking about this word, this creative power, this blueprint, this operating system of creation itself as Jesus. And as John is writing his gospel and is reflecting on the life of Jesus, he sees Jesus as like the embodiment of this blueprint, this operating system of creation itself. And as he thinks about Jesus, this blueprint, this operating system of creation itself, he says that this Jesus is so full of life and light that the darkness cannot overcome it. It's as if John recognizes that at the core of creation itself sits this like animating energy of light. And this light is an infinite resource And yet darkness is this finite resource. And no matter how much darkness tries to push against the light, it cannot because it it gets exhausted in the process, and yet the light can continue to shine. At the core of reality itself, we're told that there is this arc that is pointing towards light and goodness and life to the fullest. And the darkness, whatever the darkness may be, did not and could not and cannot overcome it. Now, this is a really big idea, right? Um, But it seems as though that John at its core just wants us to understand that at at the very center of creation is just so much life and light and goodness that whatever our circumstances may be, whatever seems to be pushing against us, whatever pain, difficulty, Um, frustration we may be feeling, that darkness can't begin to overcome that light. So as we begin uh, a new year, and as we sit at the beginning of 2021, maybe it'd be good for us to pause and ask, what sort of darkness are we feeling and what sort of darkness are we facing in our life? What sort of uncertainty, what sort of pain, what sort of difficulty um, are we carrying into this new year? Um, maybe it stems from the, uh, what we've been calling the unholy trinity of 2020, right? Uh, maybe it deals with uh, this pandemic of, that comes from the, the coronavirus, right? Um, uh, maybe that comes like, uh, maybe you feel that personally, right? Like you have uh, caught COVID and journeyed through that, or maybe uh, uh, a family member or a friend or a neighbor has journeyed through that and you've journeyed with them. Or maybe it's the effects of COVID, like you've been furloughed or lost a job, or just like simply you miss going out to George's and grabbing a burger with a friend, right? Um, or maybe uh, it deals with the, the racial reckoning that's happening right now. Uh, maybe you've been in this, this work of anti-racism for a long time, and this was just a, 
this year was just a blow to you, like recognizing like we still have so much work to do ahead of us. Um, or maybe this was like the first time that like you were aware of uh, the racial injustice that's that exists maybe within you, within our uh, city, within our nation, baked into the system as a whole. And maybe that's really disorienting and you find yourself asking all sorts of difficult questions. Um, maybe it deals with this, po- this political moment that we find ourselves in. Maybe you're upset with what's happening January 20th. Maybe you're really happy with what's happening January 20th, but you're really frustrated with the, the, the moment that we find ourselves in. Um, maybe the darkness that you're carrying doesn't actually deal with any of the absurdities that happened in 2020. <laughs> maybe it has to deal with like normal everyday sorts of darkness, right? Um, uh, you're struggling in your marriage and you just are, are hoping to see healing and wholeness in it. Maybe you're journeying through mental health and you're just hoping and he- for healing and wholeness with it. Whatever uh, darkness you may be facing, um, whatever uncertainty, whatever pain, whatever difficulty you're facing. It seems as though John wants to be very, very clear from the beginning of his gospel that when the light shines into the darkness, the darkness did not, could not, and cannot overcome it. That at the core of uh, creation itself, the blueprint, the operating system, is an infinite source of light. And the finite sources of darkness in our life cannot overcome it. This is not to like, diminish any sort of like, present reality that we face, but it does acknowledge that there's a bigger reality that exists. And that bigger reality is pointing towards life and light. And now this is where um, you and I and our community comes into the mix. Um, so as we find ourselves at this particular moment, uh, coming at the end of 2020 and looking into 2021, and we acknowledge that like the absurdity and what feels like the darkness of 2020 may be out, outstaying its welcome. Um, I want to suggest that uh, the community of Christ, the, the church community, is to be a continuum of the light of Christ. As we, as we think about this particular moment that we find ourselves in, between 2020 and 2021, I want to suggest that the, the church community is to be a continuum of the light of Christ. And here's what I mean by that. For those of us who have like experienced the light of Christ, we know that as we experience it individually, there's something like divine that happens, right? And we begin to reflect that light as an individual. Um, And you may be thinking, well, that's good, right? Like I experienced that and then I pass that on, right? So what role does community play in that? But again, there's something like almost divine like that happens when we as individuals experience the light of Christ and when we as individuals reflect that light of Christ in the context of community. And that divine thing is, is like this light of Christ begins to grow exponentially. So that it's no longer uh, the light that I'm reflecting, nor the light that you're reflecting, or the light that you're reflecting, but it's the light that we collectively, exponentially, are now reflecting. Uh, It reminds me a bit of uh, the moment that happens at the end of a a Christmas Eve service in a non-pandemic year, right? Uh, We we gather around the, the outside of the sanctuary, we make a circle, and then we turn out the lights. And it's this like sacred holy moment And then inevitably, a young child screams out because they're afraid of the darkness, right? 
And yet, like, I think that heightens the sacredness and the holiness of that moment because it's reflective of what all of us want to do when we're faced with darkness. All of us want to scream out in fear with whatever uncertainty, whatever pain, whatever difficulty we're facing. And yet in the midst of that darkness, something inevitably, inevitably begins to happen. And somebody lights a candle. And someone passes that candle on. And someone passes that candle on. And someone passes that candle on. And then we begin to see like one source of light being attracted to another source of light. And what was once a dark sanctuary filled with darkness is now a totally lit sanctuary filled with light. And the things that stood between us, the darkness that stood between us, the things that wanted to disconnect us and separate us from one another, the things that wanted to remind us of our pain and difficulty in life, all of that has been driven out by the light. And that's the role of community in this, that we are to be a continuum of the light of Christ. And I think that this is why Jesus says to his disciples, you will do far greater things than I have. Because Jesus recognizes that even though he was God in flesh, he was just one person bound by the limitations of, of what it means to be a human being. And yet, there would come a time when the light of Christ is reflected among a community and that community gets to reflect that light of Christ back to one another, to the community, and to the world itself. And the goodness of God, the light of Christ, would begin to grow exponentially in the world around us, chasing out the darkness. And so uh, I think this is the call of the church, to be a continuum of the light of Christ. Recognizing that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. And so for us, uh, I think this means that um, uh, we reflect this light to one another within our community. I think this means really like simple, tangible things like picking up the phone, calling someone, shooting them a text saying, hey, I'm thinking of you. How you doing? Um, I think this means like going for a walk in the middle of January, which is something unheard of in most years, right? Uh, I think this means like dropping off goodies on one another's porches. I think this means like hand delivering Christmas cards so that we can just see somebody, right? Now recognize that everything that I just said are things that we're already doing. <laughs> see, I think that there's something beautiful, something sacred, something holy happening in our community in the midst of all of the darkness that we may be feeling in this moment. And if you hear nothing else this morning, hear a word of encouragement to keep going. <laughs> this past year has been so difficult. This past year has been filled with so much darkness, so much uncertainty, so much pain, so much difficulty, and yet we have risen to the task and we have reflected the light of Christ to one another. And that feels like really good news, friends, because the darkness feels awfully heavy sometimes. But the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not, could not, and cannot overcome it. Which brings us to our candle. Um, hopefully you got one of these this past week. Um, uh, today is Covenant Sunday, um, which is an annual practice for us to take time to reflect on uh, our commitment to our community here at First Mennonite. And uh, one of the, the meaningful parts of this practice has been to have some sort of like tangible symbol of that commitment. So last year, if you remember, uh, Lauren built like a 400-pound well that is in our uh, sanctuary still because nobody can move it. Um, but this year, rather than uh, um, trying to come up with one sort of tangible symbol that exists in the church building for nobody except for me to enjoy, uh, we thought it would be a good idea to have a tangible symbol in all of our households. 
And so in a year where um, it feels like there has just been so much darkness, um, we offer to you as a tangible sign of our commitment to our community, a candle. And my hope and prayer is that this symbol can be a reminder of what John has told us. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. And I hope that it can be a reminder of the call on our church community, which is to be a continuum of that light. And so um, I hope that this can uh, be a source of like hope for us. Uh, and I hope that throughout the week, um, if you're feeling the, the weight of that darkness, that this can be a reminder that we are not alone, that you can light this and be um, reminded of the, um, the, uh, the comfort of community, uh, knowing that people are caring for you, that people love you, that people are praying for you. But I hope that this can also be a, a challenge to us throughout the week, um, a challenge that we are not alone, <laughs> that there's a, a comfort that comes with community, but there's also a responsibility that comes with community. And that it's not just enough that like, we know that people are caring for us and loving us and praying for us, but that we've been invited to participate in that as well, to care for others, um, to love others, and to pray for others in our community. And so I hope as you see this that it, it serves as a, a comfort and a, a challenge both to us of the hope and the uh, responsibility that comes with community. So I'd encourage you to put this somewhere uh, in your home where you'll see it often, maybe by your doorway as you leave or come, or as you come or go, um, maybe in a place that you can enter into like a prayerful um, space and let it serve as that reminder of the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it, uh, to serve as a, a comfort and a challenge of the hope and uh, the responsibility that comes with community. And my prayer for us as a community is that we would be a continuum of the light of Christ. May it be so. Um, now all of this brings us to um, our covenanting time. So if you have your candle and if you would choose, if you are choosing to covenant with us this year, um, know that that's totally an optional thing, whether you got a candle or not. Um, uh, but I would encourage you to take that out now and light it. Um, there's a switch on the bottom if you didn't see that. And um, we're going to uh, read through our church covenant together here. Um, now, our church covenant, um, one way of thinking about that are like the, the terms of our agreement here, right? Um, this is what we're committing to. This is what we're covenanting to uh, throughout um, the year ahead. So hopefully you saw this in the email. If not, hopefully you can skim it quick. Um, but if you would like to covenant with us this year, Here's what I would like to see. Um, I'd like to see us uh, hold up our candle. Um, and I would like for us to, to read through this out loud together. Um, again, because this is, this is what we're covenanting to uh, this year. Um, so if you'd like to covenant with us, uh, I invite you to, to join me in reading this uh, out loud. In covenanting together, we affirm that Jesus Christ is Lord, acknowledged Lord of the church, and unrecognized Lord of the world. Each of us gratefully acknowledges him as our Savior and Lord. We accept responsibility with each other as a community of God's people for building up the body of Christ as our gifts are discerned and the Holy Spirit enables. We accept the Bible as the authoritative guide for faithfully carrying out our responsibilities. Therefore, we commit ourselves to growth 
in our relationship with God and each other, in knowledge of scripture, in submission to the discipline of the Christian life, and the mission of spreading God's kingdom throughout the world. In making these commitments, I recognize that God invites me to grow whatever my starting point. My individual situation in life calls for flexibility. Accountability in fulfilling this covenant calls me to listen and address other members one-to-one in caring groups and in the congregation. I trust the Spirit's power to help me faithfully live this covenant during this coming year. Amen. Now, uh, all of this brings us uh, to a time of communion, um, which uh, we recognize uh, our, our covenant with one another in our community is like a, a microcosm of the new covenant uh, that is symbolized here in communion. And so uh, as we get ready for communion, uh, let me remind you of the words of the Apostle Paul, who writes to the church in Corinth, For I received to you from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So this morning, as we uh, think about the covenant that we've created uh, or entered into with our community, we recognize that we do this in light of the the bigger, the new covenant that Christ created with us and invites us into. And we recognize that in this time when we're separated, that somehow divinely Christ continues to invite us at the table with one another and with Christ himself. And so if you have your communion elements, I invite you to grab them. And let me tell you that um, the bread, uh, this is the body of Christ which is broken for you. And this cup is the blood of Christ which is shed for you. I invite you to partake in it now. Let's pray. Loving God, We are so grateful for the gift of community. God, we're grateful that in um, the midst of just a very strange and difficult time, God, that we can be reminded uh, that the word, the creative power, the blueprint, the operating system at the core of everything is an infinite source of light. And that when the light shines into the darkness, the darkness cannot overcome it. So God, in the year ahead, whatever uh, darkness we may face, God, I pray that we would be a continuum of the light of Christ, that we can um, be comforted by the hope that comes with community, but that we can also be challenged by the responsibility that comes with community that we can experience the light of Christ being reflected to us and that we can reflect the light of Christ to one another. And in doing so, that we can experience the goodness, the life, the light, the love that comes from you. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.